This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. This is Faraz Siddiqui here with another solo pod. Zach going to make it once again this week. But we are going to get right into everything that you need to know. After preseason, week three wrapped up. Bunch of storylines still coming in. Bunch of stuff we have to review from week three to kind of set us up you know i know a lot of people have already done their draft some people haven't so this might help those people who haven't had the draft yet but also just to kind of understand what the fantasy landscape is looking like after the final week of preseason going into the regular season so let's get right into it if you haven't heard already brian robinson man the dude was like he was just reported as potentially supplanting uh, Antonio Gibson. We, I mean, we don't know if how how much truth there is to that particular report, but the fact that you know he was right there in potentially supplanting uh, Antonio Gibson as the one A in that backfield on early downs, and then all of a sudden we get a report saying that he was the victim of an armed robbery. He was shot multiple times. Thank God he's fine. Uh, you know, as fine as you can be after getting shot a couple times. He's in stable condition. He had surgery. So, you know, prayers out to him, man. Like, just a terrible situation. So, you know, obviously that could have ended up really, really bad. It could have ended up real worse. So, you know, real glad he was able to survive that. Um, so, yeah. So, so, glad he's okay. Glad he's now recovering from surgery. Uh, but we want to talk about what the fantasy implications of this is for Antonio Gibson, right? Um, so his ADP was around the fifth, sixth round. Uh, you know, Gibson would be a value at this point. You know, my guess is that, you know, he'll be drafted now a little bit earlier in leagues. Um, he's going to be the early down back. J.D. McKissick, the clear pass catching back, just like we saw last year. I think the role is going to be very similar to what we saw last season. Um, yeah. Carson Wentz, you know, wasn't great at targeting running backs. Like, not that he doesn't target running backs, just that he sucks when he does target running backs. But the hope is that Gibson, uh, you know, is also running some routes on early downs when they do pass it. 
uh, and he should get some targets there. So, you know, if Brian Robinson is out for a large portion of the season, Gibson is going to be an RB2, and he'll likely be ranked as like a solid RB2 for me in week one against the Jaguars. All right, moving on. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he appeared to suffer a shoulder injury in the last uh, preseason game for the Steelers. Um, now, it doesn't seem like it's a, it's a big injury. It's possible that he is ready for week one. Uh, obviously, George Pickens can potentially be in lineups in week one uh, if Deontay Johnson were to miss time. Obviously, Pickens is a potential starter regardless, but we don't really want to put him, put, it, put him in our lineup. You're not really drafting him to put him in your lineup in week one. Uh, but just keep that in mind. Deontay Johnson seems like he'll be fine. And by the way, I'm recording this uh, in Hawaii. I'm still in Hawaii on vacation. Uh, so I'm at the, in the hotel lobby. <laughs> I try to get some space where I can kind of be by myself. But there's a bunch of stuff going on around me. So uh, I'm sorry about any background sounds that you might hear. Uh, but just want to let you know where I'm at right now. Um, but, but yeah, so Deontay Johnson might end up being... You know, his price might fall a little bit, and if it does, if it falls like the fifth round or something like that, it's it's really, really hard to pass up on that type of value because people might want to stay away from him because he has that little injury designation. You know, when, you, when you're drafting, it's going to show up there, and some people might be, you know, not so quick to pull the trigger on Deontay. So for me, you know, I'm looking out for Deontay to see if he does fall uh, if you're still doing your draft. But in terms of being worried about the injury, I'm not. Uh, so Cam Akers, this this injury might be one to, to, to worry about a little bit, especially for week one. He still isn't practicing with his soft tissue injury. He still isn't you know, running at full speed. Daryl Henderson seems to be running at full speed at this point. Uh, the Rams play in 10 days. They're going to kick off the NFL season. So it is possible that we see Daryl Henderson and him being the guy in week one for the Rams. Uh, and, it, you know, if Cam Akers is still banged up, if he doesn't practice that week, and if he doesn't play, we're looking at Daryl Henderson being an RB1 play in week one. Now, there was a report recently from The Athletic that states that it would be optimistic to bank on J.K. Dobbins maintaining a large workload throughout the course of the season. And, yeah, this has been, kind of been lining up with what we've been talking about, you know, him coming off the ACL and, you know, them already having some sort of workload limits on their running backs. And I wouldn't be surprised, you know, with Mike Davis uh, being just a 1B in this situation, even though there's a big talent difference between J.K. Dobbins and Mike Davis. There's no doubt about that. But it is very possible that we see a very similar workload between these two guys in week one, week two, week three, until Gus, Gus Edwards is ready to go. Julio Jones, he caught a pass from Tom Brady, uh, 20-yard pass, took the rest of the night off. Julio Jones is somebody that I'm warming up to a little bit in terms of like where he's going in drafts. He's going super late. He's going in the teen rounds, um, you know. And at that point, it's like you know why not take a shot? You know, he, he it's like you know Gronk was able to do it with Brady. If anything, Julio Jones can potentially be an end zone target for Brady. Uh, he lost Gronk, and you know he doesn't have AB there, so it's very possible that we see Julio Jones. You know, maybe not having a 1300 yard season, but you know maybe we can get you know, a thousand yards and, you know, 10 touchdowns or something like that, you know, as a, as a, as a last hurrah, you know, with Tom Brady, I think, that, I think it is possible. So I'm warming up to it a little bit. Obviously I like Russell Gage as well, but it seems to me like Julio Jones, you know, they kind of brought him in to, to, to be a, a staple of this offense. 
and um and you know i'm more and more willing to kind of take those shots at the end of the you know at the end of drafts Traylon burks is starting to come on a little bit um you know he finally got some time with the starters um you know, Nick Westbrook-Akina had the night off, so, you know, who knows if Traylon Burks is going to be starting over him. But, you know, he's earning targets. I think he ran eight routes. He, he was targeted three times, uh, even had a touchdown after, you know, catching a ball, uh, you know, in, in the middle of the field and, you know, kind of running up for 10, 15 yards. So, uh, yeah, this is starting to become a little bit more – uh, I think, you know, the good thing about Burks is that he's not, like, working with the backups anymore, right? Like, with Westbrook Akina out, like, he was clearly the guy uh, on the field. So, that, that's, that's that's good to know. And, you know, he's kind of, uh, you know, trending up a little bit. Justin Fields was looking really good, you know, in, in the Bears preseason finale. 14 of 16 for 156 yards and three touchdowns. Ran for 11 yards as well. Um, he was looking good, man. And, you know, here, here's the thing with, with, with uh, Justin Fields, right? We know that he has that serious rushing upside. So if you're looking for any of the back, any of these running, any of these quarterbacks later in your drafts, and you're looking for somebody with upside, Justin Fields is somebody to grab. As we've been talking about over the last couple of episodes, I know Zach was mentioning that uh, Justin Fields can potentially be somebody who finishes as a top 12 quarterback, uh, somebody who has that you know rushing upside. Even though he doesn't have the weapons, it's very possible that he makes up for it on the ground. And speaking of the Bears, we we got we got a great view at how this Bears offense is going to operate, uh, you know, and that included David Montgomery and him being used as an every down back, um, and that's what you want to see, right? He was used in every situation. Uh, he wasn't being taken off the field on third downs or on passing downs or anything like that. So this is what you want. He's one of the safest backs that you can grab in the in the fourth round, um, and you know I'm not taking him over Travis Etienne. Uh, I'm not taking him over Brees Hall if I'm looking for a ceiling. If I'm looking for a safe floor, you know, David Montgomery might be that dude. Uh, but for ceiling-wise, I think I'm still going Brees Hall over him. Um, but, yeah, David Montgomery is as safe as the comments. That, that's what you're looking for. He's the guy to get. Uh, and also in that game, Cole Komet, he ran a route on 75% of pass plays with the starters this week, which is, which is a solid number. Um, you know, Ryan Griffith did rotate with him a little bit. They, they will run some two, two tight end sets. Um, you know, commit, you know, he can still be a legit late round tight end target. Um, but just keep in mind that there is a possibility that there is a little bit of a rotation, but if he continues to run 75%, uh, you know, route participation, that's really good. Uh, but it, it was a small sample sample size with the starters in this game. Right. So just keep that in mind. Uh, two attack of Iloa, six of seven, you know, for 121 through the air and a touchdown. Um, he, he did have a big pass to Tyreek Hill, 51 yards on the first play, which is dope as hell. Um, it's good to see, you know, that's what you want to see, you know, with, with, with these two guys. So Tyreek Hill, hopefully, you know, he can continue to do his thing. He's a great receiver. Uh, and this was very, very um, encouraging to see that he will be used and they will not be shy, uh, you know, in terms of targeting Tyreek Hill down the field. Uh, Geno Smith named the starter, you know, after Drew Locke. You know, he was terrible, honestly. Like, he, he threw three interceptions against backups against Dallas. So, not good. Uh, but Geno Smith is the guy. DK Metcalf, that's good for him. I mean, obviously, DK Metcalf had uh, some huge games with Geno Smith. A lot, of the, a lot of broken plays, though. Just, just keep that in mind. Uh, but I think, you know, it's not the end of the world, you know, for these wide receivers to have Geno Smith uh, as 
uh, as their starter. I know Tyler Lockett had a big one big game also with Geno Smith where he was just peppered with targets after not doing much uh, the first couple of games with Geno Smith. So it is possible that these two wide receivers um, can do their thing, even with Geno Smith as a starter. Uh, Baker Mayfield, you know, he's been named the, the starting quarterback as well for the Panthers. He went 9 for 15, 89 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, this is good. This is good news for DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore, you know, there was a, you know, there is a situation, there is a possibility that um, Baker Mayfield elevates DJ Moore to what he's capable of. DJ Moore hasn't had a capable quarterback his entire career, and he was still extremely productive. He was still, you know, consistently a wide receiver too, and it is possible that he cracks the top 12 this year. Um, you know, he's somebody that I'm not necessarily like, overly targeting in drafts but i've seen him fall and when he does i'm hopping all over that because we know what he's capable of it looks like mitch Trubisky is also uh going to be the guy uh at quarterback for the steelers um we saw like a really he, listen it's possible that him and deontay have have a little bit of rapport going here uh deontay johnson caught that really nice pass uh and that's actually the play where he, he injured his shoulder uh on the sideline over the top um so listen Trubisky. He's looking. He's looking fine. He's like. He's looking like he's solidifying himself as a starter week one. It's not the end of the world for these wide receivers, and it's not a death blow to Deontay Johnson by any means. Dak Prescott uh, recently commented on Tony Pollard, calling him one of the Cowboys' best pass catchers, uh, and and this is what we're going to see this year. I think Pollard is going to have a big time role out of the slot, especially considering that you know the Cowboys are lacking in wide receivers. So I think Tony Pollard is going to be lining up out of the backfield when Zeke is off the field. He's going to be lining up out of the slot when Zeke is on the field, uh, and he's going to be very involved. So I think he's going to have some standalone PPR value uh, in addition to being one of the best handcuffs in the league if Zeke were to get hurt. Now we're going to see him play a ton out of the out of the slot, but. Jalen Tolbert is going to be the wide receiver who sees the most slot action for the Cowboys. Uh, you know, I'm assuming Michael Gallup is not going to be ready for week one. But so far in preseason, what it's looking like is looking like CeeDee Lamb and Noah Brown as the primary uh, outside wide receivers with Jalen Tolbert in the slot. So it's possible that when they play, you know, 12 personnel with only two wide receivers on the field, Tolbert's off the field. But it's very possible that. Once they go into 11 personnel, which will honestly be most of the time, uh, Jalen Tolbert will likely be on the field. Now, when uh, when Michael Gallup comes back, it's possible that he takes No Brown's spot, and then we see Tolbert continually, 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 continuously play out of the slot. So it's possible that we have standalone value from him the entire season, starting in Week One. So keep that in mind. Uh, now, Damian Pierce, he capped off his you know amazing preseason with. Uh, six carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown. He's looking good, man. Um, you know, he's going to be the lead back there, and he is a must-grab in all drafts because, you know, you can get him at a value right now. Uh, I'm fine taking him, you know, eighth round, you know, even though that's a little bit of a reach considering where his ADP's at. I'm taking him all day long there. You know, guys like Damian Pierce, guys like Ramondre Stevenson, those are the two guys that I'm really aiming for around that spot. Uh, so make sure you, you grab Damian Pierce in your drafts. He's going to be the early down guy. With the first team, he was the guy uh, on early downs. Rex Burkhead was the primary pass catching back, uh, you know, in terms of uh, passing downs. Uh, but listen, Rex Burkhead hasn't been able to stay healthy his entire career. He's an old guy. And I can totally see Pierce even taking over that role if Rex Burkhead were to get hurt. Damian Pierce is that dude. And, you know, we've loved him all, all offseason, before the draft, 
he's the, he's that dude, and he's going to be good even on a bad offense. He can be this year's James Robinson. Uh, Ty Montgomery, he might have suffered a, a relatively serious ankle injury. There's no word yet on what the exact injury is, uh, but didn't look good. Um, and you know, his he can have a potential absence here. And I think if that happens, like I just mentioned, Ramondre Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, is going to have a role on early downs with Damian Harris. Um, and on passing downs, it's possible that we see Ramondre Stevenson take that role and him having the, 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 the pass catching role over Damian Harris. Um, so let, let's say Ramondre Stevenson gets like 10 to 12 carries a game. If he gets a few targets a game as well, uh, when Damian Harris is healthy, who knows? Ramondre Stevenson might be the preferred back to start over Damian Harris, assuming Ramondre also shares that goal line, uh, goal line role as well as he did last year. So we'll see how that works out. But he's somebody who has major, major upside. And if Damian Harris were to get hurt, Ramondre is an RB1, period. Uh, Garrett Wilson, you know, he still isn't in the starting lineup for the Jets. Um, I'm sure he'll be useful for fantasy at some point this year. But it seems to me like they're, they are locked in with their three wide receivers, uh, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, and Braxton Berrios in the slot. The only guy that Gary Wilson has come in for uh, with the starters is Corey Davis. So it doesn't seem like it's going to come at the expense of Braxton Berrios, but it might come at the expense of Corey Davis. So we'll see if that happens. I doubt it <laughs> because Corey Davis is a good receiver. We might see a rotation there uh, all, year, all year long unless Corey Davis gets hurt. So we'll see how that works out. Uh, but right now, Gary Wilson isn't really on my draft radar. Uh, I, I would assume that a lot of people will draft him and then end up dropping him after a few weeks uh, after they don't see much out of him. But we'll, we'll see how that works out. Uh, and then, the, you know, similar sentiments for Sky Moore and Chris Olave. Uh, they, they either have been yet of the, you know, they're, they're yet to be one of the first players on the field with the starting team. Sky Moore is still playing behind McCall Harbin right now. I would assume that changes as the season progresses. Chris Olave still rotating with Marquez Callaway. Marquez Callaway got the start. Uh, you know, obviously Michael Thomas didn't play. Uh, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, uh, and then you have Marcus, Marcus Callaway and Chris Olave kind of rotating. So uh, I would assume Chris Olave will end up beating Marcus Callaway, but for now, Callaway is still very much in the mix of things. Okay, I'm done. My wife's waiting for me. We, we're going to have some breakfast here in Hawaii. It's our last full day here, so we're going to take advantage of it. I'll see you guys soon. The next time I talk to you, I'll be back in new jersey <laughs> i'll talk to you guys soon take it easy i hope hope all is well uh and uh yeah let's get right in, let's get back into football baby let's go see you later